Welcome to Failed Utopia, the podcast about utopian ideas and paradise lost. We look at utopian concepts of the past, present, and future, as well as utopian societies and communes, which promise the world to eager followers, but inevitably fail when it all starts to unravel. Hello again, friends. It's Anna, your snowed-in podcast host. Yes, we're having a freak snowstorm here, so it's a great day to be sitting inside recording a brand new episode of Failed Utopia for you all. I think you guys are going to love this episode because there will be at least one thing you've never heard of. I'm talking about a weird failed utopia called the Republic of Minerva. Let's get to it. Okay, this bizarre utopia, the Republic of Minerva, was created in the 1970s. (laughs) Oh, sorry, 70s people. In 1972, a Vegas real estate millionaire and political activist named Michael Oliver tried to create a sovereign micronation by reclaiming land on an artificial island. This Michael Oliver guy was a hardcore libertarian. He didn't want to deal with taxes, welfare, subsidies, or any type of economic intervention. He thought that life would be much better off without any government interference. Unfortunately, Oliver took a very colonial approach. You'll see what I mean. The Minerva Reefs were first charted by Captain John Nicholson of LMS Hawes in December 1818. For a few decades, they were known on charts as Nicholson's Shoal, but later Captain H.M. Denham of the HMS Herald surveyed the reefs. That was in the 1850s, and he renamed them after an Australian whaling ship called Minerva, which had collided with the reef back in 1829. So why not just name them after the ship that wrecked there? I'm not sure how, but somehow this Oliver guy from Las Vegas knew about the reefs, and in 1971, he hired barges to bring sand from Australia to the reef and build it up so that it would rise above sea level. They were able to accomplish this part of their task, and Oliver and a couple of partners in this endeavor constructed a small tower of stone and erected a flag to claim this new island. And yes, the Republic of Minerva had its own flag. It's a blue background with a bright sort of goldenrod torch with a circle around it. They even came up with a motto, Land of the Rising Atoll. Um, it's a little derivative, but okay. Now, honestly, I wish I knew more about Oliver and his vision. I mean, what was he planning on doing for infrastructure? It's true the island was fairly remote. It's about 450 miles south of Fiji, 
and 260 miles east of Tonga. Initially, they only planned to fill in about 15 acres of land as sort of a proof to investors that it would work, and then they were hoping to fill in a couple thousand acres. Anyway, now that he had this sort of glob of sand with a flag on it, it was time to get serious. He sent letters to neighboring countries declaring their independence. As you can imagine, that letter was greeted with suspicion, I'm just speculating here, but maybe even laughter. A conference of some of the neighboring states, which included Australia, New Zealand, Tonga, and Fiji, among others, met in 1972, and Tonga made a claim over the Minerva Reefs, and the rest of the states recognized its claim. That's because this area fell within the waters of Tonga. That's why I said that Oliver had a bit of a colonial approach. I guess he didn't care that this new island that he was simply claiming for himself by hoisting a flag was already owned by an actual sovereign nation. Here's a proclamation published by the King of Tonga in June of 1972. Whereas the reefs known as North Minerva Reef and South Minerva Reef have long served as fishing grounds for the Tongan people and have long been regarded as belonging to the Kingdom of Tonga, has now created on these reef islands known as Teleki Tokelau and Teleki Tonga. And whereas it is expedient that we should now confirm the rights of the Kingdom of Tonga to these islands, Therefore, we do hereby affirm and proclaim that the islands, rocks, reefs, foreshores, and waters lying within a radius of 12 miles thereof are part of our kingdom of Tonga. The Prince of Tonga said, we can't have people setting up empires on our doorstep. The Tongan government sent soldiers to run these weird people off of their reef And at the same time, the provisional president of the Republic of Minerva was fired by the founder, Michael Oliver, and the whole thing just completely collapsed. Actually, according to an account written in the New York Times in 1976, the Tongan king himself set sail with a hundred men from the Tonga Defense Force, went to the reefs and tore down the Minervan flag, while the Tongan police band played the Tonga national anthem and the prime minister read a Tongan sovereignty proclamation. Davis, the provisional president of the Republic of Minerva, flew to the capital of Tonga to try to speak with the king, but the king snubbed him and Davis commented, we can't for the life of us understand why the king should suddenly decide he wants the reefs. He never had any use for them before. So, according to this Davis guy, because the king wasn't really using them, he should just hand them over. (laughs) Although, remember, Tonga actually was using the reefs for fishing, which, not coincidentally, was how the reefs wannabe residents were planning to exploit it to make money. Now, you'd think that might be the end of it, but about a decade later in 1982, a group of Americans led by Morris Davis, that 
provisional president who had been fired by Michael Oliver came back and tried to occupy the reefs, but again, they were forced off of the island by Tongan troops after just a few weeks. Okay, here's a fun fact about Morris Davis, erstwhile president of the Republic of Minerva. He was a former project engineer with North American Rockwell, who helped develop the Minuteman missile system. This is basically the mainstay of the U.S.'s land-based nuclear missile arsenal. It's really hard to say how Oliver and his partners could possibly have thought that this might work, but they actually went pretty far in with this fantasy, even creating a currency. Yes, they created a coin. It's called a 35 Minerva dollar coin. And I cannot imagine trying to actually do business with this coin. It sort of strikes me as trying to go someplace and conduct international business with nothing but gold doubloons. These coins were actually silver and 24 karat gold, cost $75 each, and I don't know how they decided it was worth supposedly 35 Minerva dollars, but they were gold and silver, so they basically just sold them to raise funds. This doesn't make a lot of sense to me because most of the money from this project was coming from Oliver and his fellow American co-founders and investors. So it was like they took their American money, minted these coins, and then sold the coins back for American money. It was either just a statement or completely stupid. The coins and the flag, for that matter, are extremely ugly. If I was going to create my own country, I'd at least make it cool. Like, at the very, very bare minimum. Try to make it cool. Apparently, some of these coins still exist. Um, and I guess you can find them on eBay or wherever coin people find stuff. Um, I didn't find one on eBay as of this recording, but that led me down a really weird rabbit hole of extremely strange coins. And no, I've never gotten into coin collecting. I don't know anything about it, but there's some really weird stuff like um, a Marilyn Monroe nude silver coin. <laughs> it's so weird. It's absolutely terrible. Um, her face looks like some kind of um, scary clown. Yeah, I, I don't even know. <laughs> so that's weird. As far as how this utopian libertarian society would survive, I think the big thing to note is that the people who were into this were already obscenely rich people from America. So I don't think they were too worried about how they were going to get money. Then again, what's the point of creating your own country when you're already filthy rich, doing business in a legitimate country, and honestly could just go out and buy your own private island? But some people are that opposed to paying taxes and living in a society with regulations. Now, this glob of sand known as 
the Republic of Minerva could potentially have generated income based on tourism and fishing. Although, remember, these were Tongan fishing grounds. They would have been literally taking the fish from the Tongan people. And supposedly, the founders thought their new nation would also include some sort of light industry and other commerce that was very undefined. But again, it's really hard to imagine how they thought they were going to build up a bunch of infrastructure on just a bunch of sand sitting on top of a reef. Now, in the early 1970s, not too many people were concerned about rising sea levels due to climate change. Today, we understand just what a big problem that would have been. And at this point in time, the Minerva reefs are pretty much reclaimed by the sea, despite all that sand that they brought in on those Australian barges. The Minerva reefs are awash a lot of the time, but at low tide or during certain times of the year, it serves as a rest point for yachts traveling in between New Zealand and Tonga. More recently, there's a bit of conflict between Fiji and Tonga over the Minerva reefs, so it's honestly best to just stay away. Okay, so as far as Utopia, a millionaire living on their own private island with no taxes doesn't sound too bad, but here's the thing. Can we call it a Utopia when it's just a couple of really rich guys escaping from, you know, society? Michael Oliver described it as an escape from high taxes, riots, drugs, and crime. But the fact that it was carried out through just a good old-fashioned land grab kind of undercuts the whole utopian vibe. In a 1975 ad placed in the Libertarian Review, they tried to entice more buyers with this tagline, the world's most unusual new country, inspiration for the most unique metal coin ever minted. <laughs> Yeah. Now, as dumb as this sounds, there actually is sort of a whole movement that still persists around establishing micronations in the middle of the ocean. It's called the seasteading movement. This is something the billionaire Peter Thiel is interested in. What do you guys think about ultra-wealthy individuals and corporations simply setting up seasteads to avoid taxation and regulation? Does that sound dystopian to you? Well, the Republic of Minerva certainly was not the first attempt to create some new real estate through a land reclamation process. I'm thinking the Netherlands, even those really ambitious artificial islands shaped like palm trees in the United Arab Emirates. In fact, there are tons of examples of this going back hundreds of years. But the Republic of Minerva was specifically created as a utopia and, well, it failed big time. Even so, there are still many people out there who are on this idea. 
I mentioned seasteading and those islands in the UAE are still being developed despite setbacks and environmental concerns. Is it possible that this idea can survive in an era when climate change and rising sea levels are only escalating? Not to mention other environmental concerns created by re-engineering coastal areas, which has massive impacts on wildlife and sea currents, creating massive problems with erosion. It's not very practical, but then again, some of humanity's most ambitious and successful mega projects have seemed crazy until they've come to fruition. So while I'll be excited to see what people come up with in the future, I think we're gonna have to pay more attention to sustainability and try to keep land reclamation from becoming something that separates the ultra-wealthy from the rest of humanity. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts to help other people find it. Tell your friends about it, and if you want to support the pod directly and help keep new episodes coming, you can donate to the show through the link in the show notes. Connect and stay in the loop on the website, failedutopia.com, or the Facebook page at failedutopiapod. Failed Utopia episodes are written and produced by me, Anna Roberts. The burning palm tree painting featured on the cover is by artist Perry Vasquez. My intro music is by Elliot Middleton. See you next time.